Hello, welcome to the show up dad. This is a podcast for hardworking fathers looking to level up their fathering skills and be more than just a paycheck or provider for the home. Today, I want to welcome Felix Archibek from Something Obscene Company. It is a family owned operation ran and operated by Felix and his lovely wife, Chelsea Archibek. Just a normal family trying to live the American dream of doing what they love doing. Thank you for coming on the show, brother. I'd like to have you start things off for giving our listeners a little bit of background of yourself, if you don't mind. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Phyllis Archibek. I'm 33 years old. I live in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. <clears throat> uh, like you, I was a lineman. Uh, that was my trade. That was my gig. That was what I loved doing. Um, but it got to a certain point to where uh, it just affected affected my home life. Um, I was a transmission lineman. Uh, before I even got into knives, I was transmission lineman, traveling on the road, going state to state. Uh, basically, I'd be gone for, you know, 30, 30 days out of the month. I'd maybe get to sleep in my own bed for two nights out of the month. Um, you know, just all the all the the pulls and the twists and turns of, of that of that trade and the, the obstacles of trying to manage a family while being away is is something that just was hard to do um so i did line work for four or five years uh best of what i did uh, we did all big transmission work i was always in the bucket up in the air i was mainly the dead end dead end dude um and we just i mean we just traveled we had a small crew good crew a bunch of guys that we all looked out looked out for each other we were you know our, our brothers brothers keepers um but after after the years you know dealing with dealing with family struggles dealing with custody battles uh you know missing your family missing your kids missing you know port memories and stuff like that it just kind of took its toll on you and then you know the political uh politics of of the job of basically you know our bosses just skipping safety and and uh, it just it, it wasn't fun anymore it wasn't what it was when we first started as a crew so kind of everything turned into production 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 and just safety went out the window the fun of the job went out the window and you know, all us guys that are, were, you know, family and brothers, we were all at each other's throats. And, you know, as long as the boss man was getting his, uh, his production and getting that, you know, that bonus at the end of the year, it didn't really matter what, what happened out on the line. So kind of just the mix between that and being away from family, it just took its toll on, on all of us, on, on a couple of us. And, a lot of us, just like me, we all just called it quits and, um, you know, kind of went back to what we were doing or found new ventures. And that's where I kind of, where I kind of started the last, you know, last year I found this new hobby of knife making. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys on line showed me some, some stuff that took off. I was, you know, we'd work. 12 to 16 hour days get off work 
we stay in these little podunk towns, uh, station, RV. We get off work and you just drink, uh, yeah. go to the bar. And that's about it mm-hmm. for, you know, for every day. It just got old. The life got old. Um, you know, you know how much money, you know, linemen make. And I mean, shit, I had nothing to show for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a, had an apartment at the time. I, I don't think so. I don't think the wife was working and, you know, bills were paid and stuff like that, but it was, I had nothing to show for it. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't home to be able to enjoy the stuff that we did have. Um, so I started, I started this new little hobby. You know, I play guitar. I like to, I like to paint, find new hobbies, tackle them master them and then just kind of move on um well this uh, i started making knives when we get off work uh in the rv park on the back of the truck the work truck and go to home depot buy some you know crappy <laughs> crappy uh machines and just kind of mess around and and it just kind of the passion grew and it, i started just just tinkering with it and then you know, started sharing it on my Instagram and it just mm. kind of took off. It just blew up. So I think. Yeah, it's definitely, you definitely did blow up. You know what I mean? From it turning to a, uh, from a, just a hobby to a full-time job. You know what I mean? I got to commend you on that because it definitely has grown. I mean, you're, you know, I, I look at your knives and I'm just like, wow. You know what I mean? Those things are amazing. Thank you you know, the craftsmanship and everything. And I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that, you know, because I want to quote you on that, Felix. I had a, I had read a quote that you had said that it, you were taught young by your father that a man's reputation is judged by the quality of his work. And ever since you've been striving in quality and perfection. And, and you could see that in your knives, you know what I mean? Can you uh, elaborate a little bit about that? Uh you know, my dad is one of my biggest heroes, one of my biggest people I look up to. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, he was he was working. He was a provider for all us five, six kids, and and you know my mom, and you know he was he was always gone. He was always he was always working, building houses, and when he got home, you know, he was tired. He'd sit on the couch, have his beer, put on his football, or um and just relax and you know my dad is one of the most skilled carpenters out there uh one of the most knowledgeable hard working he, i mean he's 61 yesterday was his birthday and you know mm-hmm. he's still out there hustling still working um and he probably will be mm-hmm. for a while but you know he he taught all us kids that you know if we do something not to do it half-assed not to you know if someone pays you to do a job you do that job and do it right and you 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 do better than what they expect mm-hmm. um you know you don't cut corners you you know mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not happy with it then they're not gonna be happy with it yeah. so it's, that's something that we all all his kids kind of took with us and um you know i mean the man's reputation i think it does i mean mm-hmm. would you trust someone that that puts out 
you know, crappy work or you don't trust someone that trusts someone's name that puts out nothing but quality work. Mm. Um, I mean, just, just like with his man, with a man's word too. Uh, but so, yeah, my dad's been a big influence um, as a father, as mm-hmm. you know, he's my best friend. He was my best friend at my wedding. Um, mm. He's just, he's always, he's always been a role model for, for all his kids and, Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. sounds so like that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of where that 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 comes from is my business, my my, especially my business, my quality, what I expect from um, my eyes, what I expect from other other people's products that you know I I uh, contract out or or I mean even down to stickers, man. If 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 there's a if there's quality issues i'm not putting it out to my people and people hate hate me for it sometimes but you know it's mm-hmm. just it i have a standard and i'm gonna stick to that standard and, and i believe all my followers all my fans and all my supporters you know that's why they're still with me that's why i have such a big following um mm-hmm. big support you know big after secondary market is because you know i i make sure that i'm I'm putting out good quality products and, you know, my name's on it. So mm-hmm. it better be the best. <clears throat> so. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things I really liked what you said about, and it resonates with me as well is, you know, our fathers, you know what I mean? Having that influence in our lives to teach us about hard work and work ethic. Right. And that's something you don't see much of today. You know what I mean? Um, I remember a time where, you know, when I was younger, me and my father, we would go deliver wood, you know, wood for people to burn. You know what I mean? And uh, we would drive to their house, we would deliver it and we would stack it. You know what I mean? Nowadays, you pay twice that and the guys show up, they don't give you a full quart of wood or a rick or whatever, and they just dump it off. You know what I mean? Yep. And they're trying to, they're trying to leave in a hurry. So, you know, they know they got you, you know, because they kind of shorten you, you know what I mean? And that's not the way my dad raised me. You know what I mean? His, his motto, his saying was, you know what I mean? Do it once. Right. You know what I mean? Otherwise you're going to be there all day trying to redo it again. You know what I mean? Do it right. The first time was his motto, you know, now. Um, it's like, it's like the saying, like, uh, I mean, we see it, we still hear this all the time well, on the line. Well, I can't see it from my house. Well, hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, it, it's just, it's a slap in the face like make it right what's mm-hmm. the point of of, of 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 not doing something right when you're right there you got your hands on it just because you can't see it from your house doesn't mean it, it you know that's not what you should have your name on exactly um, this goes with a lot of things and, and i mean we were I mean, I was two years old at a job site, you know, when we didn't have babysitters or my mom was out working or, you know, we would be picking up blocks of wood or going around picking up nails on the job site. And, you know, if we weren't working, we had to sit in the truck. <laughs> and that was like the worst thing possible as a kid was having to sit in the truck all day while your dad was at work or on the job site. We can go build stuff. We can go explore and you know be creative and so i mean he definitely hammered in you know hard work and and Mm -hmm. you know 
hard work, discipline, respect. So, I mean, it definitely carries on when you got a good, a good father figure, a good, um, you know, mentor mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff that, that I, you know, true into my kids is, is a lot what he taught us and not all, not all of it's the same, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of building blocks that are, you know, the yeah. exact same, what, what he built with us. So, mm-hmm. Hey, Felix, I wanted to ask you, bro, it sounds like he had a tremendous role in your life. How did becoming a father actually change you? Oh, it's, um, it's been tough. Um, I think I'm, I'm one of those dads that, you know, I know I'm a, I'm a damn good father. I know I'm, I'll do anything with my kids. Uh, I was just one that unfortunately was a part of a a relationship that didn't work out with my daughter, Annabelle. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been a battle. It's probably one, one of the biggest things that I've had to fight, fight and have fought for the last six years. And it's been, I mean, it's nonstop and I'm Mm -hmm. still dealing with it. Um, I mean, custody battles, you know, being, not being allowed to see your kid, um, you know, getting visitation taken away from you. Um, you know, me and my wife, Chelsea, she, she was a part of the picture before my daughter was even born. So, you know, she knew what was coming. She signed up and we just kind of ran with it. And, uh, I mean, it was hard. We would, I mean, I would drive, you know, first she was born. I wasn't allowed to see her. I didn't get to see her for like the first three weeks. She she was born. Mm-hmm. Um, but after she was born, and then it was, you know, whenever I was in town or within, you know, these roles and that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> it, it's it takes a lot out of out of you as a person, as a man. Um, and then, you know, down the line, you know, court dates and court and just, just find this year, kid, that's all you want. Um, you know, you got the court systems that, that, you know, all you are is a paycheck. That's, I mean, that's what I've dealt with for the last six years. I'm still dealing with it. Um, doesn't matter if you're, like I was traveling at the time and, you know, our first court date, you know, I got the minimum visitation, you know, I was driving four hours for a one overnight visitation. I'd get in nine o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, I'd have my wife pick up our daughter at a certain time. I would, as soon as I get off work, drive. And then, you know, then I would leave at three o'clock in the morning to get back to the job site by six 30. Mm-hmm. I'd be, in my truck ready to go <laughs> sleeping at the job site before everyone showed up. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely the situation that the custody, you know, I'm six years in going on seven of still fighting. Um, things are definitely a little better, but there's, I mean, it's still a nightmare. Um, you know, I'm like, I've probably put in $70,000 worth of, court fees and lawyer fees i'm on my fifth lawyer 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I definitely, it's been a battle being a father. I mean, being a father is easy. I, I truly believe being a father easy. I, I, my circumstances and my, my feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. is the hard part is, you know, these situations that, you know, a lot of transmen fathers are put into, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, you know, not everyone gets divorced. Not everyone has kids out of wedlock, but you know, a lot of us do. And I mean, that's, that's all we're good for is a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And then you, I mean, and then you have nothing, but then you got to go work some more and then you're missing out on all these, these times and these memories. But I mean, if not, then you're going to jail for not paying your child support. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's a sad, sad thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my daughter's always been first, first to me. I've definitely, definitely was one of the hardest transitions was when I quit line work to, to be a full-time stay-home maker mm-hmm. was like, how the hell am I going to pay my my bills how i'm gonna pay my lawyer bills how i'm gonna pay my child support you know i mean it's it was a big scary move yeah um you know with it's getting better um you know you just gotta you gotta understand you gotta realize that no matter what you can't stop fighting they're worth it and eventually it's all gonna go away and you know Mm-hmm. you can look you can look back and <clears throat> and see that you know the hardest part about being a father was you know you were fighting for your daughter or mm-hmm. for your kids and i mean people can't take that away from you mm-hmm. um you know with 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 my son you know since me and chelsea are, are married and we're together and, you know it's been a whole totally different experience you know we have them full time and you know the hard part about about that is he's wondering where his sissy is half the time you know so <clears throat> i mean if I, I don't i don't really think father hard fatherhood is is that hard i think it's just the situations that you're in mm-hmm. or or the things that come at you whether it's work whether it's you know custody battle or dealing with your exes or going through mm-hmm. divorce i think that's I think that those factors make, make being a father hard, you know, being a father and, mm-hmm. you know, being there for your kids and you got all this extra stress. And um, I think a lot of it too, with like, you know, fathers that just disappear is they just can't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad, but I, I mean, I, I, it's true. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, I've I've experienced it. I've you know I've, I'm a part of a couple of father rights movement groups. Yeah. And you know I hear the stories and I, I've been a part of the groups. And I've you know gone out and protested and I've heard I've heard the you know the testimonies and you know a lot of these guys they just that's all they want they just want to be fathers. Yeah. Um, but the situations they're in, it's just draining. Mm. Yeah, and, and not, so, not to mention too, it's just the psychological well-being on the kids that it has the effect. You know what I mean? You know, they're you're you have a father who loves them, 
who wants to try to be the best dad possible for those children. And then the court system, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's one sided or whatever, you know, sides with the mother. And, you know, I, I prime example, I have a good friend of mine. He's a, he was a professional boxer, right? Yep. And uh, because he had a violent past because, you know, boxing and because he was sexually abused as a child, they used that against him to say he's a possible risk at risk dad for his child. You know, and it, it sucks. You know what I mean? They'll they'll, they'll 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 take anything and they'll 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 twist it and turn it and and do it. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's sad. It sucks. Um, you know, especially when I was when I was working. You know, mm-hmm. you know we we didn't have the most safe jobs. We were out there. You know. I don't know how many times in my first year that we had some freak accidents that, you know, I didn't come, almost didn't come home. Mm-hmm. Um, you got all the, you got all, you got that at work. You got the safety, you got the dangerous aspect of it. Um, I mean, you're tired, you're, you're exhausted. You're, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a job, man. It's, it's not for everyone. Yeah. And and then you throw in, you know, missing your family, missing your kids, court, custody, ex, like it was it's it's a lot. And um it just got to the point where it's just too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um so I just, you know, I I moved on. Mm-hmm. Um I realized that, you know, all this money that you know, all this money, all these hours you know, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could be home. I could, I mean, I applied at Walmart. I, I, I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. too prideful to work at Walmart or apply at Sonic. I, if I'm home, I can be with my kids. Then that's what I got to do. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I quit from line work, um, you know, I had probably $1,200 in, in my bank account and i I did some water jet parts and hammered them and patina them. And, you know, that was like my, that's all I had to go off of was this last $1,200. Um, and luckily, you know, I, I was blessed enough to have such a, such a following and, and support that I was able to, you know, get on to the next week and then, you know, pay my bills this month and then move on to the next month and, just mm-hmm. grow so hmm. it, it really seems felix like uh you know that whole striving for perfection and craftsmanship and you know all these different things that your father taught you you know those are knowledgeable traits right however how important is it to know our limits and how does it affect others around us like our family family dynamics when we're so driven into to perfection how has that affected you Oh, um, I mean, it puts a burden on your family. Um, you know, I think a lot of, of what, what I was taught as a kid was, you know, the father is the provider and to be a good father, you need to be a provider. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of, what we do is 
you know, we got a family to take care of and we think we're being a good dad. We think we're being a good husband um, because we're providing, we're providing a home, we're providing bills, you know, you know, the kids got shoes on their feet and, mm-hmm. but that's not, uh, I feel like that's, that's not what, that's what we're taught um, from our old man's is, you know, mm-hmm. but that also is one of the biggest killers in, in marriages is, mm-hmm. you know, not being present for your family because you're so busy trying to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's something I've struggled with a lot. Um, you know, when I was, when I was actually making and building knives out in the garage, you know, you wouldn't see me till I was done. If I was on a roll, if I was having a good day, I want to come in for, for dinner. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. come in, kiss the kids goodnight. And, that, and then I go back out in the garage till about three in the morning. Um, so, I, I mean, the drive, the passion, it definitely gets in the way of, of what's most important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, as a small business, I mean, you are going to have to put in those hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, you're working for free, basically. Mm-hmm. You're working free, you're paying bills, that's all. And and until you get to a point, you're you're basically just working your ass off till you can, you can buy uh, more materials, more supplies, and your family's taken care of, bills are mm-hmm. paid, rent's paid. Um, hmm. Yeah, 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 like you're 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 not present. So mm-hmm. this is still something I I deal with today. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it. I think I, I see a lot of friends that are guilty of it, mm-hmm. and I think they see the same thing that being a father and being a good spouse and being, you know, head of a household is being a provider, and it's mm-hmm. it's fifty percent of it. The rest is attention. You know, your kids need attention. Your wife needs attention. Um, I mean, your fans, your, I mean, with me, I mean, I, I work from my phone. And I mean, if I disappear for two days, you know, it's chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's just, it just is what it is. One of the flaws of, of, mm-hmm of having such a good following and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of um, time out of your day to, mm-hmm. you know, make these posts, respond to these stories or respond to messages, DMs, um, you know, I'm kind of seeing that I just need to step back, mm-hmm. um, step back and, you know, set a limit let people know like hey family first yeah um you know i'm gonna shut off my phone from you know five o'clock till you know midnight or something then when the family's asleep and i'm still up working or you know trying to plan the next move then i'll get back to you but Mm -hmm. um did i I answer your question yeah yeah um one of the things i wanted to ask you how did it how how did it affect your family that you started seeing in a negative light? Just you being so, so purpose driven. Uh, 
just what did just, you start seeing you know uh you know my kids want to spend time with me but i gotta tell them you know dad's got to go work dad's got to mm. work um you know there are some positive things in there as well but you know my daughter wanted hey dad can i make a knife with you you know that's awesome that drives yeah, your cool. passion even more but you know you start to you know separate from your wife move away from your wife the, the distance is definitely there the tensions are there mm-hmm. um i mean uh you get fights you get text messages hey when are you coming in you know i mean it's definitely all present it's definitely something you can see um i feel like you see it more from your wife than you do your kids mm-hmm. um, or your partner uh I mean, definitely one thing that I think a lot of people need to understand. And, and again, this is something I'm still learning. Um, you know, the wife needs to come first, then the kids. Yeah. Um, you ain't going to have no kids if you got no wife. Yep. No, for <laughs> so, reals, dude. I agree with you 100%. Dude, you got to have that alignment. Once you're out of alignment, it's weird. It's like, it's like a car. You know, your alignment's off, everything's off, right? It starts vibrating and shaking and stuff like that. And I liken that to marriage. You know what I mean? When you're not in alignment with your spouse on certain things, right? Well, the kids are going to start acting up in a negative your way. Whole, your whole household just collapses. Yep, exactly. Um, it goes upside down, yep. And, and I'm dealing with that right now, you know, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. And uh, you know, another big thing is, is, you know, communication, communication is key. And when you're always busy and, when you're, and you're always got your head in projects and mm-hmm. orders and responding to messages, you know, the communication is gone because you're just so your, your focus is not where it needs to be. It's focused on, you know, something that can wait till later compared to, you know, conversation at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely like communication is something I've noticed that has turned negative to where I'm just either so stressed out or so overworked or just not in the mood that, you know, all my communication just goes out the window. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy um, that you said that too, because, you know, when we don't talk to our spouse because, you know, let me get this message. Let me get this message. I'm guilty of this too, right? You know, you got to answer somebody. Someone has a quick question or whatever. The message we convey to our spouse or ultimately our children is you're not as important as this question. And that's what they're getting. Even though we don't mean it that way, because obviously you love your spouse. You love your children just like I do, Right. And we don't, we would never put our children in that situation or, or, or tell them that the message that we convey to them, what they start thinking in the head is I'm not as important. This is more important to me. And that's where the fights start coming in. You know what I mean? That's where the kids start acting out. My kids, dude, will start throwing blows. My little kids, like if something's wrong and I'm not giving the attention to my, my, my sons, they'll walk right up to each other, dude. And right. I mean, I'm talking a right cross right to the face, dude, for no reason, <laughs> bloody nose. Right. And the same thing with my, my 14 year old daughter, dude, she'll start beating the hell out of her little brothers. And it's like, what's really going on with you? You know what I mean? Like, what can I, 
how can I meet your need? What is it that you need? You know, because before I didn't, I didn't know that before I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? Do I need to send you to your grandma and grandpa's house in the middle of nowhere? You know what I mean? That's, that's the way I used to talk to my daughter. And then I learned that that was wrong. Okay. Cause I was just crushing her dude. Cause all she was doing was just crying out to me through these she actions. Wants to, something I've learned from you from listening to your, you know, a couple of your other shows um, mm-hmm. this past week is that boys want boundaries and, and girls want relationships. And that's something I've never heard before in my life. Mm-hmm. And it makes total sense. You know, we got my daughter, she's, she's six years old going on. I mean, damn 20, you know, she's, <laughs> she's past the age where she's just, now she's a sass. And, and when she acts out, I mean, she lets the whole house know. Mm-hmm. And then you got, my 17 month old where you know you go give him a spank and beat his ass and he just look at you like that's what? it that's that's, <laughs> that's my boundary you know like so i mean it's it's definitely you know my kids are a little younger and and, and stuff like that i still got a ways to go but mm. um you know just just I, I I am very well experienced with little kids. Uh, I do good with little kids. I do good with babies. You know, mm-hmm. all last year I was I was home. You know, I was home and raising Anthem for by my or not by well, I was at home basically watching them during the day, and then my wife worked, and I you know I'd still work. I, I I'm lucky enough to uh, I get to work on my phone, and we were blessed enough to where. You know, I was able to be home and we don't have to get a sitter or a daycare or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know where I was going with this, but, uh, you know, little kids, uh, I haven't got to that teenage, teenage uh, days yet where... <laughs> You know, they really start acting out when, when, when dad's gone or when dad's too busy. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, luckily I've kind of been told and I've seen that before those stages that, Hey, I need to be present so mm-hmm. that, you know, I can learn that now when they're babies, when they're little, when, I mean, they don't really need your, I mean, they need your full attention, but you know, they're kind of off in their own little imagination, their own little world. And, you know, when it comes to them being teenagers, I can be present for them mm-hmm. and, and don't have to deal with, you know, DUIs and running off, running away, getting pregnant and all that crap. Yeah. Um, you know, I can kind of kind of learn from from what I've seen, experienced, from what I've heard from your shows. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I listened to four of your shows and I learned so much <laughs> in those four hours of driving, um, is amazing. And, you know, I can kind of, you know, that's what this is about. This is what you're, about, what you're doing is, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a good dad, but I don't, you know, I can learn from your other host or from you mm-hmm. to where I can change now. So that in the future, when they are teenagers and stuff, I don't, you know, I can yeah. learn from everyone. Um, so that's really, that's, that's important. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And, and that's, that's what we strive for at the, the show up dad, dude. We, 
try to bring as much value to our listeners. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are blue collar workers. A lot of them, dude, big support out to my linemen. You know what I mean? Um, this is a much needed thing for us. You know what I mean? As linemen, we're always traveling, right? Traveling for work, you know, we're always absent and we need to be aware of the void that we're causing in their lives. You know what I mean? Whether it be a, a son, right? The void that we're creating in our sons to where they become workaholics to where they're forever trying to prove to us that they're good enough because they never got that out of boy from us, right? Because we were never there. Or they're trying to not be like us and they're always trying to prove to themselves saying, hey, I will never be like my dad, right? So it's two opposite ends of the spectrum. And then for our daughters, if we're not present, we're not engaged with them, we're not having that relationship with them, they're forever trying to find what we didn't give them in another man in other relationships. And to me, brother, once I figured that out, dude, it was like, someone hitting me upside the head with a pair with a clines, you know what I mean? It's like, Holy yeah. crap. I don't want to go through that, dude. I don't, you know? Yeah. And uh, that, that's what we try to do here. We try to bring that awareness and <clears throat> we try to bring as much value to this show, you know? And I, I thank you for recognizing that brother. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Felix, we talked about traveling and stuff like that, right? Why do you think fathers get that tunnel vision, okay, when it comes to making a better life, usually at the expense of their families? I, I know I went through this too, you know. Why do you think fathers, What? Why did? why do you think you got that tunnel vision trying to, you know, just be so focused on what you're doing? Oh, uh, I think as men, um, you know, that's just what we're bred to do. We, we kind of avoid, you know, this could just be me. I'll speak for myself. You know, we, I, I avoid conflict. I avoid mm -hmm. situ, you know, just crappy situations. I avoid communication. Um, and when you're working, you know, you, you cut that just kind of all goes out the window and you can just focus and um you know we're, we're definitely a different breed uh you know we work hard uh, you know we want to prove to ourselves i think we want to prove to other men to other people that you know we have we hold the value um I think a lot nowadays is men feel like they're not valued as, as, as much as they think they should be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all we, all we do want is that, that, that attaboy or, you know, that good job or I'm proud of you. Um, but when it comes to the day to day, you know, you know, your work is your focus and it distracts you from, the 50 million other mm -hmm. other things you got going on like in my case you know it, it's dealing with bills it's dealing with you know having conversations that I don't want to have with my wife it's it has to do with staying busy so I don't have to focus on you know custody battle and 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 all that and dealing with the ex or or something like that mm -hmm. um and I think it's just what we're what we're good at, you know. And I and I like I said again, like I feel like men, a lot of men, we were all raised 
Um, you know, we were all taught by our fathers. If we, if we had a father's present, hardworking father's present, that that's what we're supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, my dad is, I'm identical to my dad. Um, I'm a hard worker. Uh, I don't talk much. I don't communicate. I have a hard time communicating, um, you know, and it's, I, I mean, I'm his, I'm his twin mm-hmm. and everything, everything I, you know, I, I hold stuff in. If I have issues, I hold stuff in because, you know, men aren't supposed to cry. Men aren't supposed to express their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of it is us, us guys. We, you know, we have, not only do we have, you know, our family, family troubles and our family worries and our burdens and, and the stress of, of that. And then you got the stress of the world of what, what <clears throat> the world expects from you as a man, what, you know, what your bank account should be. And um, so I think we just, we just, we just shut down and we just do what we're good at, mm. you know? Yeah. It's kind of like a uh, numbing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's just like any, it's like a cover. It's like addiction. It's either like, you know, sit down drinking, drinking. So you don't have to talk about, discuss something mm-hmm. drugs or, or, I mean, any, any kind of addiction. I mean, it's covering up or avoiding, you know, mm-hmm. what you're feeling or, or what you're not strong at as, as a, as a dude or as a dad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but I feel like, I just feel like, you know, the new generation, I mean, they can't lift a damn hammer, but <laughs> I feel like, I feel like us and, and our fathers before us, you know, mm-hmm. if you didn't work hard, I mean, if you didn't work hard, you didn't take care of your family. I mean, you weren't, you weren't anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I feel. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with you 100%. You know what I mean? Some of the, it's crazy how society deems, you know, a man needs to work hard, a man needs to be this and this and this, you know, and uh, that mentality is kind of toxic in a sense. You know, I, I firmly believe in working hard, right? But I don't know how many people I know who are hard workers, probably some of the hardest working people, and they're still poor. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Still dirt poor. But they pride, it's almost like they pride themselves. I work hard. I work hard. It's like, dude, you don't got shit to show. Excuse my language. You know what I mean? You know, and I know a lot of that is choices, but I think it's our mindset. You know, you, you carry this limited mindset of, of, of what you're fully capable of. You know what I mean? And I think we put ourselves in these boxes as men is, okay, I'm just a provider. I'm just this uh, paycheck, right? This is all I got to do. And then we start putting ourselves in these boxes to where, okay, well, I did my part. I don't got to pay attention to my kids. I don't got to do this. I don't got to do this. Right. Because I already, I already did what I needed to do my part, you know? And then a lot of times you talked about, you hit a nail right on the head with this Felix. You know, I talked to a psychologist and he was talking about how men were 
always taught not to convey our feelings, right? How to, how to, how, how to speak on stuff that's bothering us. And that's what's happening right now in the world today with a lot of men is we don't know how to communicate that we're hurting. So we dive into these, these vices, right? For lack of better words, whether it be drinking, snorting a line, jamming a vein, you know, uh, going out hunting like crazy and spending all kinds of money because that's what you say is your passion. That's great. It's great to have a passion and everything like that. But when it becomes unhealthy because you're putting your family to the back burner and they're crying out for you that's unhealthy brother you know what i mean and that's something that needs to to be fixed and a lot of men right we can't communicate that because we're taught not to not to cry rub some dirt on it kid right yeah seriously yep. they tell us what exactly what, what do they say rub some dirt on it stop being a, a punk you know what i mean stop wearing your your you know how many times they tell you work don't wear your freaking feelings on your sleeve dog you know what I mean? They would tell you that yeah. at work all the single, every single time, you know what I mean? And where I'm going with this, Felix, is that we're taught this, right? And this psychologist is saying that a lot of men today, because they cannot communicate these feelings, you know, depression doesn't affect men the same way it affects women, okay? Depression, when it's suppressed, comes out as anger, comes out is is like i call it i'd flash on people dog seriously it would get to a boiling point and then i'd flash on my family i'd flash on my wife i'd flash at a co-worker you know what i'm saying and thank god i stopped drinking that's one of the jokes we used to talk about when i was in the back in my tools you know they'd be like why doesn't dave drink and it's like do you want a black guy <laughs> you know what i mean that was that was the joke you know what i mean because i'd really tell you how i felt Straight up, you know what I mean? It must have been the Indian in me or something, dude. But I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't handle the firewater, brother. I'm serious, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd get out of control. <laughs> no, man. I, yeah, I mean, I've I've covered I've covered up issues with, with just about anything. Um and now and now it's like now it's work, now it's my phone, now it's you know going and, and staying busy out in the garage. So Mm-hmm. So I don't have to deal. I don't have to discuss. Or I don't have to deal with with issues or or, or arguments or, or disagreements. Um, and just I mean, as as a, as a man and as a dad and as a father and as a as a husband, I mean, it's it's hard because that's one, one that's one of my biggest struggles is is communication. Um, and just like you, I, I I'm not a patient person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I snap too, and I just explode and it's nothing serious, but I mean, but I do. And I think a lot of it is just as, as men, we just, we hold everything in. We, we, we suppress it. Like you said, we suppress everything. We hold it in. And then, I mean, shit, one wrong question and, you know, you're, you explode um you know for me it's just i'm i'm so tired i i am so tired of of you know i got a family that relies on me i got a i got a wife that relies on me i got a wife that wants to talk to me i got kids that want my attention i got new teachers that want to talk i got lawyers sending me bills i got you know ex drama just because I'm trying to be a co-parent, I got, mm-hmm. I mean, and then, you know, when I just want to be left alone, I can't because I still got to be present. 
<clears throat> you know, and it's it's hard. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things is me is is me communicating. I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm a good dad, you know uh, I really am. I'm not a very good husband. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, and I'll be real with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time communicating. I have a hard time with communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not someone that can just explain what's going on and what, what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. I think a lot of men can just resonate with what you're saying, dude. Cause I mean, that, that affects everybody. You know what I mean? Um, I, I could communicate and a part of me not being able to communicate is because I didn't even know what was going on, dude. I really did. Yeah. You know, and the more confused I was, right. The more I, I delved into, you know, staying busy on, on projects, you know, I, I wouldn't be home for two, three weeks at a time sometimes. And when I did come home, I would get so busy because I didn't know how to be around my kids. I didn't know how to be around the, the dynamic of the family with them wanting daddy's attention. Cause daddy hasn't been home to where I would almost build this like anxiety within myself and I would change the whole atmosphere. Okay. Have you ever noticed that? Like when daddy's pissed off and he walks in, it changes the atmosphere. Well, that's how much yep. influence we have on our children and in our family dynamic, dude. We can change the atmosphere just by what we're feeling, dude. One of the things I had a psychologist come on here and she does a lot of cognitive therapy training, right? And cognitive therapy is the study of being able to change and remap the, and, and renew your mind the way you think, okay? And one of the ways that she brings awareness back to our brain when we have this pattern that we don't like, for instance, okay, say you don't like not being able to communicate or you don't like, you know, whatever it is, right? What you do is she said you breathe in for three seconds, right? Just one, two, three, four, breathe in and then exhale for seven seconds. Now, what that does is it brings oxygen back to your frontal lobe, okay? And that's where we do all our, 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 our you know, reasoning and stuff like that. So when you do that, it actually triggers your mind to say, okay, something's not right. Something's got to change. Okay. And it's all, it's like a, a, it's a reset is what she called it. Okay. And that helps you just get refocused on what's going on in our, you know what I mean? And that dude, that's helped me tremendously, dude, from wanting to explode on my children to wanting to explode on my wife, you know, just being able to inhale and then exhale like that, or even just box breathing. Mark Devine talks about that all the time where you breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, and then breathe out for four seconds. And that gets him back in alignment. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, all those different tricks right there really, really help, bro. I'm telling you, I mean, and I hope the listeners hear this too, because I mean, look it up, box breathing, Mark Devine, uh, cognitive clarity with Audrea, um, that's going to be a, a, one of the podcasts that we're going to have later on here coming up in about two, three weeks. That's going to be an awesome one as well. Talking about burnout and, uh, you know, all these different tricks that we're learning, dude, just to, to help out fathers. I mean, cause we're all going through this brother. That's why I called it the show up dad. What do you do at the show up right in the morning when we show up, right? We'd show up, we'd get our orders. We'd talk about who's going to be on whose crew. We'd eat a burrito or whatever, you know? you just get you get your shit together you get your shit together you make sure everyone's in the same page you i mean 
make sure all the dads are on the same page. Make sure you're, you're, you're in check. Make sure everyone knows what they're doing. You know, your, your JSA is filled out. I think dad JSA is what we need to do every morning. Yep. Um, I mean, we all hate and filled those things out, but, you know, it brought everyone together. And, that, and that's exactly what the show is about. And it, it's awesome. So, yeah. well, right on, Felix. Felix, how can our audience get a hold of you, brother? Other than Instagram uh, and stuff like that. So, Instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of me. It's something underscore obscene underscore company. Uh, that's where I spend most of my time. You can catch me on Facebook. Uh, you know, my personal page, Felix Landon Archbeck. Uh, I have something obscene on Facebook as well. And then I also have a group page for like, you know, where we all hang out, sell knives, discuss knives. That's uh, obscene EDC. Uh, or you can just give me a call. You know, my I have no problem giving my, my phone number out. It's 918-924-7449. Uh, that's my cell shoot me a text you know if, if if a dad needs to talk daddy's a you know escape for for a little bit step outside and, and shoot me a call and you know trust me i've gone through it all I've, I've i've been through it all i'm still going through it so you know i think that's one one thing that i think um you know kind of stepping away from my business view but it you know this is for anyone if you all need to talk you know I'm, a, I'm, you know, us guys don't, don't, don't talk very much, but if you do need to talk to someone, you know, I'm a good person to talk to. I, I, I've been through it all. Uh, I'm still going through it all. I'm probably dealing with the same issues that, you know, a lot of people are dealing with. So mm -hmm. I'm always free. I just ask, don't text or call after, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? 2 p.m. Don't send me bad don't pictures. Don't be sending bad pictures. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But well, one thing I, I wanted to ask you, brother, and I have to ask you, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Dude, where did you get the name Something Obscene? I saw a post you had. So, you know, Something Obscene, I mean, what it means to me is, you know, I've always been judged by, by my parents. You know, I got tattoos, I got neck tattoos, um, you know people grab their purses when I walk by them. <laughs> right. But uh, I'm, I'm that kind of person. That, I mean, if you drop a hundred dollar bill, I'd pick it up and give it back to you. Um, but something obscene, you know, it goes back to, to quality of work, really. Um, you know, I was, I was sitting down one day and I was just trying to think like, what, you know, I, I think this was back when I was doing just painting and artwork and, and my photography and um, I was like, I need to come up with a name for a company. And you know, I, I think I, I said, like, it needs to be something obscene and it needs to be something that, you know, my artwork makes people say something obscene. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they see a knife, open up a knife. And, I mean, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? <laughs> it's probably, yeah. you know, the F word or, or you know, yeah, something obscene. Um, it was just it, that's that's what it is, you know. It's something you know. Everyone thinks I own like a uh, a dildo company or something, <laughs> <laughs> but 
excuse excuse the language and stuff but um but no you know i like i like i like the name i mean mm-hmm. wife's not very happy with the name but i think it, it portrays on my character you know i'm um don't judge a book by its cover mm. um you know my quality is is something obscene you know my 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 everything i do um you know my charity work i do it's it's all out there um you know don't judge a book by its cover Mm. really is kind of what i was going for um so yeah it's kind of how it started yeah that's pretty awesome dude i like the name and everything um i saw that you had posted that on instagram how did i come about my name and i i think i i i kind of nailed it dude because i was like man it's when you know, you see the quality of your work and you say something obscene, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had everyone do um, post only wrong answers only. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the fun part of it. But I mm-hmm. got some good, good, inappropriate, obscene answers for sure. <laughs> well, but, I tell you what, dude, that Hawkbill journeyman you got there, that's a bad looking knife, bro. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. I got we got a lot more coming this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 2020 is was, I mean, was one of my best years mm-hmm. to date. Uh, I was a little nervous at first, especially when that first, the, the Hawkfield came out. Like, I postponed, you know, pre-orders because I was like, man, people are, <laughs> yeah, people are hungry. Like, but, I mean, no one cared, man. Like, I feel like people came out because they can go out and, yeah. you know, they just, they, they supported me huge last year. Um, you know, this year's even bigger. I got, you know, I got the Dixon flannel coming in collaboration. That's huge. That's a big, mm-hmm. big goal. Um, oh, something I want to talk about if we have time. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Especially for dads, you know, set a, set a goal, set goals, set goals for, uh, get a goal board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something, something that's helped me a lot mm-hmm. um, as a businessman, as a small business, and also as as a family man is, you know, go get you a, a whiteboard and put it in your shop, put it in your garage, and, yeah. and make goals for yourself, for your family. Um, you know, and then work towards those goals together mm-hmm. um something i want to mention something that you know i kind of do myself uh with my business and and with you know family and stuff like that so mm-hmm. kind of off topic but no I, um, I like that i like that a lot you know get that vision board and it's absolutely true brother because if you know if you don't have a vision you ain't going nowhere and as leaders exactly. As, fa- as fathers, we're leaders, right, of our home. We're going to be responsible. When we die and we go before whatever maker you guys have or whatever, you know what I mean? You're going to have to answer for how you treated your family, how you raised your family, how you provided for your family, right? And yep. when that happens, dude, I don't want to be the guy, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. So get a vision board, write it down, and go for it. You know what I mean? Without a vision, people suffer. They don't go nowhere. And I like that. I like that you, you touched on that, dude. I really do. You know, but, uh, 
It was awesome having you on here, Felix, dude. Uh, you're an amazing dude, brother. If we can help you out in any way possible, dude, we're here. Um, you know, your company's amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, we're just going to be promoting you a lot as well, you know, and uh, we just thank you for coming on here and sharing your, your, your story with our listeners and stuff like that. And I know it's going to add tremendous value to whoever's listening. So I thank you for that, brother. I really do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, I know you've been, I mean, you've been a big follower of mine for a while and, mm-hmm. um, you know, for you to reach out to me, th- I mean, this is my first podcast, so this is, you know, totally out of my, hmm. out of my realm. Um, you know, like I, like I said before, I'm not a big talker, but this is definitely, definitely something I'm very passionate about, um, is being a father and, and, and helping other dads for sure. Because, you know, we, we get, we get, we don't have the easiest job and we get a bad rap sometimes. And I know there's a lot of us, especially us tradesmen, you know, we're out there working all the time and, and we're away from our kids or, or, or pushed away from our kids. You know, I think what you're doing is, I mean, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, us dads, you know, dads don't get a lot of support nowadays. Yeah. They just don't. Um, I mean, maybe it's starting to turn around a little bit, but I mean, we've we've not had it easy. Mm. We got we we got a lot of expect expectations um, that come from us, and and you know, like 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 I've said, like we don't we don't have a good resource of, of people to talk to or or you know, podcasts like this. Um, and and like I've said, you know, I've learned. I, I listened to. I, I took a drive to pick up my dog the other day. I had to drive four hours to my brother's house and. You know, I put on your podcast and I listened to, you know, four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. And in those four or five episodes, you know, time went by fast. I felt like I would, I came, you know, I turned off the truck when I got home and I felt like I learned something. I felt like I could come in the house and be a better dad. Mm. Um, and I learned a lot. So mm. I, I really appreciate you having me on. I appreciate, you know, what you share, the knowledge you do have that you share, um, you know, I'll, I'll promote this and I'll share it. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you for well, sure. Well, thank you, brother. It's uh, it's always good to, to hear the positives that we're putting out there, Lord, you know what I mean? And uh, I just want to thank you, brother. And uh, you know, we'll be talking at you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Talk to you later, Brandon.